Hey guys, welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 10 now. So we're into double digits and it really feels like we're flying at this stage one after the other. So I just wanted to take this time to um, really say thank you to all the listeners out there who have taken their time to listen to the podcast and anyone who has sent me a message or a DM or anything, any of my clients who've who've really enjoyed the podcast and, and sent a message or anyone who has shared it on their stories, I really, really appreciate it and thank you very much for the lovely messages. So today's podcast we're going to talk about supplementation and considerations around it and the what, the why and how much. And before we jump into today's podcast I just wanted to say that this episode is is simply just my thoughts and experiences so far. Um, If you are to take any of these thoughts and experiences on board please advise with any of your healthcare professionals or practitioners before doing so. So I'm no whiz with supplements. I never, I never will say that I am. However, I have experienced uh, um, over my time in the fitness industry. I've experienced a lot of supplements and gone through a lot of them as well, and know what ones work well for me, and know which ones are really the bullshit ones out there, really. And um, so hopefully, I can give you guys some sound advice, and you can take it into your own fitness journey. So supplements. What are supplements? Supplements are, are in my view. Um, used to fill the gaps and uh, I saw something I saw an Instagram post um, during the week I can't remember who it was but it said if you're if if you as a fitness professional say supplements are only one percent of the puzzle it's like saying that I don't know how to use supplements properly and it really really resonated with me a properly designed supplement protocol can be extremely extremely advantageous to your overall health well-being and body composition as well so having something in place is is something that I do advise and no one can be perfect. No one can have every single piece of the puzzle um, internally uh, all the time. So we have to supplement um, when need be. So in terms of today's podcast, we're going to bring you through a bit of a, a kind of a, a timeline or a story. And bring you through kind of from start to finish. Um, I'm going to use myself for an example. Um, and then hopefully you guys can pick up and, and implement where need be. So when we talk about, first of all... Um, I'm going to start off with um, the must-haves, in in my opinion, and for, and then we'll jump into this this kind of storyline that we're talking about. So number one on my list for a must-have is going to be creatine monohydrate. Um, it seems to have had a really really bad name in the fitness industry for years. Um, I know that loads of people would have been saying, "Oh my God, he's on creatine back in the day when you're in school," and has loads of water retention, and the, it isn't really muscle; it's all um, it's all water and stuff like this. And I've, we've all heard it all before. However, it's probably one of the most researched supplements in the on the planet, if not the most researched. There's so much evidence behind it that it is pretty much all positive, if not. 100% positive um, and, and for good reason. So what does creatine actually do? So creatine first and foremost from a, a performance standpoint um, can help improve uh, performance in the gym and when we talk about trying to improve our body composition and grow some muscle tissue we need to be improving performance week on week. So this can be one of the little one percents that we can add in um, to improve that and in layman's terms and I'm going to try to keep everything really really simplified here. What, what creatine does is it creates additional ATP in the body. And let's say that if we train and we max out on our, let's say, a hack squat or, or, or a, um, a bench press or something like this, we're going to eat into that ATP supply. And if we don't have enough ATP in the body, when that ATP supply diminishes, adenosine triphosphate is what ATP is, by the way, um, if we don't have enough of that in the body, we're not, we're not going to be able to utilize that. And that's going to be energy driving the, driving the session. So what, what creatine does is, is it uh, gives the body an extra ATP supply in the body. 
so that when it does um, decline throughout our session, it can um, take ATP from this ATP pool and put it back into the body um, and therefore improve performance across uh, the session and also maintain performance as well. In addition to that, it also has a lot of cognitive benefits and immune system benefits, and at some sort of higher doses, some mental health benefits at 10 to 15. So there is a lot more to it than just the performance aspect. I think that that's what a lot of people do get, um, but that's the main thing that most people will know, but there is actually a lot uh, that goes on, and that's not even covering a lot of the basis here. There is a lot more to it underneath the surface. So doses for that will usually be around five, five grams a day. And I don't think there's a need for anyone to um, do the loading of creatine. I think that's a little bit of a, um, of a myth. We don't actually need to go through that. Um, so if we just, if anyone hasn't started or if anyone is getting back into it, just take five uh, grams a day and, and you can progress from there. And actually, I wouldn't, I'll take that back. Not progress from there. Just keep it at five grams every day and some, some time throughout the day. But we'll talk about um, in a later part when I think that we should take it. In terms of um, in terms of cost-wise as well, it's probably one of the cheapest supplements you can possibly get. In terms of creatine, if if I if I was to buy, let's say, a, a kilo um, a kilo bag of it for one serving of that, I worked out to be zero point one cent. Not even one cent per serving. It's a tenth of a cent. So if we can look at that and say the the benefits that it has for such a cheap price and the ease of access that it can be, it's definitely worth adding to our arsenal. In terms of where I would get it, um, probably my protein, something like this. Um, it's an easy one to get, cheap as chips and, and a good quality product as well. The second one we'll talk about today and, and my uh, low level must have is going to be a whey protein powder. That's whey protein, whey protein isolate, which we'll touch about, um, talk on, touch about, um, or touch on in a few minutes. Um, so whey protein, uh, one, it's extremely convenient. Two, it's very, very cheap as well. Um, in terms of getting a bag again, would be 52 uh, euro for a five kilo bag, let's say. That's like 26 cents a scoop. So if we talk about, let's say, a chicken fillet might be two euro or two, two euro fifty or even 150 or whatever it is, it's going to be much, much cheaper compared to that. Usually a scoop is going to give us about 20 grams of protein. Maybe a chicken fillet might be 25 for argument's sake, but from a convenience and, and cost-wise, um, it's very, very good. So what does protein actually do? Obviously, it's going to be uh, used as a macronutrient to help regrow or recover and grow new muscle tissue, um, but whey protein particularly um, will lead to an increase in muscle protein synthesis. And this is pretty much the process that goes on physiologically in the body to help grow muscle tissue. And this is due to the leucine content that it usually has. So it is definitely advantageous to have whey protein in a post-workout, again, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But in where I would get it from, again, my protein, again, is a, is a great supplement um, called uh, whey impact or impact whey protein, I think it's called, which we use. Um, it's a great supplement, loads of different flavors, but also has a very good amino acid profile to it. And that's something you do want to look out for, the leucine content and things like this. So do have a look in the back, but compared to that and like, let's say, um, an optimal nutrition one, which is going to be probably twice or triple the price, there's not that much difference in it. So um, from a, a cost standpoint, I think that could be a nice one to go for. 
So jumping into our third one is going to be kind of an overall health um, an overall health supplements. Um, so this is what I kind of do and I think taking us through this morning routine now from from um, from start to finish. So in in the morning I think is a great time to take all these kind of supplements because if we if we create a routine around them we're never going to forget them. We have a routine that kind of works with them. It's much easier then to just tick the box in the morning. So from an overall kind of health stack, these would again probably be in my uh, the low-level must-haves. So <clears throat> a multivitamin um, is going to be one that we can definitely add in. So a multivitamin um, obviously has a lot of uh, vitamins and minerals in it, depending on the one that we go for. Um, a low-cost supplement or a low-cost one that we can get again is from my protein, um, and a slightly higher one could be from uh, I think it's called a multivitamin and mineral um, from Supplement Needs. So depending on the quality that you want, um, you can pay a little bit more for a very good quality one. Um, but I think the one from my protein is going to be a decent quality one anyway. Um, the second one then in that kind of same um, in that same category is going to be a greens powder. Something I've started to use uh, recently is a greens powder and the reason why I do that is mainly because it has 41 different sources of fruit uh, of just any fruit or veg um, in the shake every single time you take the supplement if that's from anything from uh, blueberries to reishi mushrooms to um, broccoli to kale to strawberries everything and anything that you can possibly think of are all in there and um, so I think that this is something that everyone can take it doesn't mean that and I know I've had this conversation with a few clients to say that you don't eat your your plants and you don't actually eat them and just take them in the supplementation however it is a good um, it is a great supplement to add to the arsenal it can only do you good the ones that I get from is again supplement needs is the one that I use it's called greens plus or Nutridine um, is another very good one that's called fruit and greens um, and and from a cost perspective I think it's about 30 quid or something like that 30 35 euro um, which is not too bad at the end of the day and if we said that one euro each day and um, to overall improve our health we can definitely add that in Omega-3s, again this is also going to be in the health stack, is going to be um, a very important one for us to take. If we don't eat kind of oily fish on a very regular basis, I think that everyone should be taking this from a CV function, so cardiovascular function, immune, immunity function, cognitive performance to name a few. And this is definitely something that we can all add in. And I'd be looking to try get in at least 2,000, uh, maybe 3,000 milligrams a day um, of, of this. And uh, again, a nice, cheap and easy one to get is from my protein. Um, vitamin D. So depending where we're listening from right now, um, I know that most of my listeners will be from Ireland. And even in Australia, I remember having this conversation with Brian and um, we had on a previous con um, previous podcast even. Um, and depending on where you're going to be, um, like even in Australia when you have so much sun cream on, um, we can potentially not be uptaking all the, the vitamin D from the sunlight. However, from those months from October to March, we more than likely do need a vitamin D supplement. So something that I would uh, advise taking, and again, an easy one to, to get from is going to be my protein as well. Electrolytes. So depending on when uh, we train, and which we could potentially put into our, our pre-workout stack as well. But if we're training in the morning, I think that this is really, really important to, to add in. If this is if we train at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 a.m. even, even if it's if you train at 11 or 12, potentially adding this into the morning stack is going to be very important. Electrolytes, um, 
pretty much look at uh, a supplement we want to try and keep homeostasis in electrolyte balance which pretty much means we want to try to keep them all in a really nice balanced state in terms of sodium and potassium being the kind of the main ones that we're looking at here and um, from a pump perspective in the gym and um, it's called a sodium potassium pump and if we don't have a balance between them we're never going to get um, an optimal pump in the gym and we know that and I'm going to touch on that in a later stage is very important for producing actual fascial stretching and muscle growth so I think that it's very important to have uh, in the stack as well in particular if we do train in the morning and um, I know that we want to try to get something like um, 800 to 1000 milligrams of potassium 400 to 600 milligrams of sodium. There's also a nice salt called, I think it's called low salt, I think from Saxa, and does a two to one ratio from potassium to sodium. And I know that a lot of people will be sodium or potassium deficient. So I think this is definitely something, and we know that sodium is very important in muscle contraction itself. So again, it's a win-win uh, for me and extremely, extremely cheap as well. Um, I think you can get them from, we, I get mine from my protein, again, very, very cheap. Um, or else you can get the electrolytes plus from um, supplement needs. And I know this might sound like I'm saying my protein supplement needs. I'm in no way sponsored by any of them, but there seems to be a trend here. And maybe we can get me on board to some supplements um, because I buy from them so often. So let's talk, say that the health stack is, is as talked about, electrolytes, vitamin D, omega-3 and multivitamins in green powder. So now we're into the middle of the day, or even if we are training in the morning, we need to have some talk about a pre-workout stack. So in terms of pre-workouts, I've always never really um, done well from uh, stimulated pre-workouts. So when we talk about stimulated pre-workouts, I'm talking about ones that will have caffeine, will have some sort of stimulant in them. So I've always um, gone for a non-stim pre-workout. So the ones that I would uh, advise using, um, the ones that I've used before is going to be, one is going to be Big Noise from Redcon 1. I think that's a really, really, really good supplement and one that I use for, for years actually. Um, that's a fantastic supplement. And the second one that is going to, I'm going to talk about is going to be Vascumax from Strom. Um, they're also a really good supplement and one that I'm actually using at the moment. And then Nova Pump uh, by Innova Farm, I think it's called. Um, yeah, Nova Pump by Innova Farm, another really, really good supplement. And then you might say, Josh, why would you use um, just something that's going to get you pump in the gym? Is that just to get bigger arms or bigger quads for a couple of hours in the day and yeah that's that that definitely does happen of course but in the gym if we can't get adequate pumps and um, we're going to limit the amount of fascial stretching that happens and fascial stretching is is what surrounds the muscle belly and we know that if we can cause a little bit more fascial fascial stretching we can potentially create a little bit more muscle growth so again another one percent that we can add to our arsenal here so those would be my three non-stim pre-workouts that I talked about um, from a, a stimulant pre-workout. I think probably the best one on the market at the moment and see everyone seems to be using, again, this is something that I wouldn't use myself, but talking to Adam and a couple of the other lads that I would uh, know quite well who do use these kind of things, M MV Pre, I'm going to say that again, MV Pre by Innova Farm and Total War by Redcon 1. Again, same sub, same. Uh, same brands but different supplements so these ones do have stimulants in them so do be careful when you take them i've always found that um i think i'm quite a, a um a sympathetically driven person anyway 
so that when I take these kind of things, they just do too much for me. I think just a nice black coffee for myself, something like this, and um, alongside with a good pre-workout meal, uh, electrolytes, water, etc., does the trick for me. But if you do want to dabble in um, some sort of pre-workouts, just take a low level to start, and then you can start to increase the amount um, as you go through. The other one that we're going to talk about is going to be Yohimbine. And Yohimbine might be something that no one has, you guys have never heard of. So Yohimbine is going to be a stimulant that we can use to aid in fat loss and to really speed up the fat loss process. And again, I would like to say that uh, this is one where it's either you're going to love it or absolutely hate it. And I was on the, 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 the latter side. I absolutely hated it. Uh, again, like I said, I'm very quite a sympathetically driven person. And this just made me feel like I was all over the place up the wall just felt very anxious stress kind of from it so i don't th i don't think that it's it's one that i will come back to um i think it, it's one that either works for you or it doesn't so do be careful with it um if if and when you do take it but what what the research will show is that if you can take it in a fasted state and do some sort of um steady state cardio it's going to speed up fat mobilization and potentially inc or speed up your fat loss process but like I said, if you are, uh, I would take it at a very, very low level um, and then s slowly increase uh, the amount uh, each time. So we have taken our pre-workout and we've walked into the gym and we've started to training and about an hour in, we start to feel a little bit, or not even an hour, let's say 45 minutes, we've absolutely rinsed our first couple of sets and then we start to feel fatigued. And then we say, how do we get past this? How do we get get our energy back and I've heard of people who say like they'll go and eat um, a protein bar or something like that in between the session or a banana but we're never going to be able to digest that food if we know it takes about 120 minutes for for the food to clear the stomach and for us to actually digest and utilize this food in the session and and the fact that of course we're the most sympathetically driven we're going to be um, in the day is going to be when we're training so our chances to digest and utilize that food is extremely extremely low so when we talk about uh, an intra there's three things that i would advise one is going to be um creatine so like we talked about uh or even in a pre-workout supplementation something around the pre-workout window or around the workout window is probably when i would advise using this um, it's not going to make much difference but i think that having it around that workout window will um, amplify your ability to use those atp supplies uh, to your advantage the energy supply like we talked about um so creatine is going to be one five grams uh second one that we're going to talk about is an eaa and um i think that the the when we talk about essential amino acids we talk we, we think of the the um the supplement excuse me bcaas branch chain amino acids and I think it's one that is quite used, um, used and abused really. I think it's everywhere. It's marketed extremely well. And everyone takes it because they saw um, X, Y, and Z taking it on Instagram or saw a video of someone using a BCAA. But when you really strip down BCAAs and you say, what what uses them really? And I think that the, the phrase that I like to use is, if you're able to hit your protein levels throughout the day from different protein sources, beef, eggs, chicken, whey protein really, and maybe some fish, 
you're going to have all these BCAAs covered in your day. So BCA, if you're hitting your protein levels for the day from different protein sources, the way I like to think of it is it's like, it's like if you're going outside and washing your car while it's pissing rain outside. So you have those bases covered already, so there's no need to add those in. However, when we compare that to an EAA, which is going to be an essential amino acid, now we can see a little bit more research back behind it that says these can definitely help. So what does an EAA do? So it reduces the amount of protein breakdown in your session. It also reduces the amount of fatigue in the session and allows you to train a little bit harder for a little, little longer. So now we look at that compared to BCAA and say, I think this is probably the better one. But however, a lot of people take it. It's not going to do you any bad. I think it's pretty much as good as adding Robinson's dilute to your water. It's not going to do you any good. However, if you like taking it from mental aspect, then I can see... And why, why some would take it, it's not going to kill you, it's not going to do you any good really, but you can definitely keep it into your mix. The third one that we'll talk about, and probably the most important from a fatigue standpoint, is going to be cyclic dextrin. So we talk about um, carbohydrates being the main source of energy for our sessions. And we said that we cannot digest and utilize food because it takes so long to, to process and to break down. Well, this is where cyclic dextrin comes in. This is a highly branched chain um, cyclic dextrin in particular that we're talking about. Um, this is processed through the stomach very, very, very quickly to be utilized um, in the session. Um, so now we can look at something that can be digested, processed, and actually absorbed and utilized very, very quick in the session if we do need those, those carbohydrates, especially for people who do spend a little bit longer training, if it's an hour and a half, sometimes people may take two hours in particular power lifters they need that kind of um that extra storage of carbohydrates mid-session maybe so intra-workouts eaas um, the ones that I would probably advise getting is going to be Strom Essential Max um, is, is a good brand. There's also ones that uh, from Supplement Needs again. Again, that Strom Supplement Needs and my protein seem to be the ones coming up. Um, so EAAs from Strom, from Supplement Needs, then are also very good. I know there's ones from Innova Farm, I think, as well. Um, and yeah, I think those would be the ones that I would pick. Creatine, absolutely anywhere. Again, my protein does a fantastic one for a dead cheap. And cyclic dextrin, another one for my protein as well. I think it's called 100% cyclic dextrin carbs, um, which is a good product. So we have just rinsed our session. 100% effort, maxed out on everything. It's post workout time. Do we finish our last workout, our last exercise, and just walk out of the gym and have a protein shake in hand? No, because now we know that one, the anabolic window does not last 30 minutes, um, it lasts probably six hours, and I know that if my mum's listening to this, she won't be too happy because I was going so, getting so annoyed at her because she would be 20 minutes late for picking me up to the gym and I had a protein shake at home, and uh, I wouldn't have been too happy with her. So now we know that it's, it's actually six to eight hours, something like this, depending on the person, depending on the intensity, there's a lot of factors, but it's going to last around that kind of time period. So we have time on our side, and what it, what we look at, imagine the we are the nervous system for a second. We're the autonomic nervous system. When we train, we are going to be extremely sympathetically driven. And sympathetically driven means that we're in this fight or flight response. It's the it's a high heart rate, pupils dilated kind of stage where we're literally ready to run away from a lion or train, like I talked about. So in that state, all the blood is shunted out of the, the gut and 
um, into our limbs. So it is nothing, no blood is left in the digestive tract. So we can't digest, utilize, uh, digest, absorb, and utilize any of the food we're actually putting in. So the phrase I like to say is, it's like we're wasting, wasting nutrients and we're wasting money at the same time. So we need to give ourselves a little bit of time to cool down. Give yourself, I always say, 60 to 90 minutes to calm our nervous system, to do a little bit of breathe work. Use the 5, 10, 15, 20 rule. Calm yourself and then we can go into our post-workout. So in a post-workout, um, one, we can obviously use some kind of um, carbohydrate source, but I would usually get that from, from food itself. So I'm not going to uh, really say that, talk about that as a supplement. Something with like a fast-acting, quick-absorbing carbohydrates. I know most of you will know that I'm a big advocate of bagels with some jam, um, some bananas, um, cocoa pops, some, something that is going to be very quick and absorbing rather than having a big bowl of brown pasta or something like that that's going to take hours for us to absorb. With that, from the supplementation perspective, we talk about some protein powder. We know that, um, like I talked about earlier, whey protein is going to increase the amount of muscle protein synthesis that occurs um, rather than, let's say, a chicken breast or, or animal or any animal protein. So we'd look at two different types that we can kind of go for. It's going to be a whey, whey protein or a whey isolate. The whey isolate is probably going to be a little bit better quality. So if we do go for that and we do have the financial um, capacity to allow for that, I think that that would probably be the better one. However, from a, a finance pr perspective or from a even from a muscle growth perspective, there's going to be so little change between the two. As long as it has whey written in it, you're going to be in a good place. Always look for, like we talked about, the amino acids that are in it. Like I said, the one from um, my protein has a very good amino acid profile compared to the kind of the, the bigger companies or the more expensive companies. So I don't see why we can't go for that. How much? Um, what I would advise then is going to be about 40 grams of protein. So 50 grams dry weight is going to be kind of in an optimal zone. Anywhere between 50 or 40 grams of actually protein, like the macro protein, and 60 um, from whey protein is going to be a good place. So I usually use like two, two and a half scoops um, of my protein, which is going to bring about 50 grams of protein all in all. So with that, um, that is going to be our post-workout done. Now we talk about um, calming the nervous system, what we just talked about. Especially if you are an evening trainer, this is going to be a very, very important part for you. So if you've just trained, I talk about this, I know uh, one or two of the guys who I've trained at the moment do train in the evening. So I said, as soon as you leave the gym, that is your time to take some sort of something that is going to flip the switch and calm the nervous system for us. Because if we only have one meal after that, let's say if we train at six o'clock, seven o'clock, let's say call it six o'clock, we finish at seven, then we need to give ourselves 60 to 90 minutes to calm our nervous system after. So it's going to be uh, eight, half eight. So that only leaves us one real meal then to, to eat, depending on the person, of course. So having something that's going to flip the switch and create some sort of parasympathetic push of the nervous system into that parasympathetic side from the sympathetic side is going to be very advantageous. The one that I would probably advise is going to be Neuromax by Strom, and that's the one that I'm using at the moment. Um, and it has some ashwagandha, some lion's mane, things like this. And that is geared to reducing cortisol and pushing parasympathetic dominance of the nervous system. It's really good for, just the easiest way to say is it calms the body, calms the nervous system, which pushes it into the parasympathetic state, which is the rest and digest state. And now we have the green light to eat our meal. So I think that if you do train in the evening, having some sort of, of kind of 
nervous system calming supplement and would be very advantageous. The other one then that you can use is going to be just ashwagandha by itself. Um, I think you can get these. I don't know if they're available. It's actually over the counter in Ireland, but you can get it from like Cardiff Sports Nutrition. It's a it's a natural Indian root. Um, it's a very, very, uh, utilo uh, very, very good supplement. I've used it for, for some while now. I would advise anywhere between kind of 500 and 800 milligrams um, in, in one dose. Um, and uh, I talked to, uh, I shot Brian um, O'Hagan's uh, um, uh, message during the week and just to ask him about uh, ashwagandha because I was doing a bit of digging about it over the last couple of months anyway and I definitely wanted to get some sort of information for this podcast. And can you just keep taking it? Is there kind of a cutoff where you... you you have to give yourself a bit of time off, but there's been no research out there that says that. But I think that we both came to the agreement that every kind of six months or every eight, nine months or something, if we come off it for a month, just let our body to readapt um, and then you can go back into it. So from these, this perspective, um, having these in the evening. So pretend we, we have trained earlier in the day and we don't need the nervous system camera right then. So the main thing um, that we want to try to do is to utilize these in the evening. So use these as a, as a bit of a wind down for us. We've had a really, really hectic day in the office and we've been stressed up to our eyes and we had to go then get a, a train session and things just didn't go away that day. We're going to be a little bit more stressed that day and this is very, very natural. Having something that's going to help us push into that parasympathetic state again is going to be advantageous to wind ourselves down the evening so that we're not staring at the ceiling come half 10 for two or three hours, get a poor sleep and we're into a vicious cycle then. So like I said, ashwagandha supplementation, uh, Neuromax by Strom, but then also something that we can use is going to be um, L-theanine as well. This is going to help to reduce cortisol uh, in the body, which is going to be the stress hormone mainly. So if we can utilize something like this, I think this could be, again, quite advantageous to um, reduce overall stress, reduce all overall allostatic load in the body and put us into prime position to one, to really sleep, um, but two, to actually digest, utilize food to improve our overall health and body composition. So when we talk about um, sleep, I just want to make sure that I haven't missed one here. No, here we go. So we talk about um, sleep. We talk about a couple of different variables. So we've, we've calmed our nervous system after the long day, um, and then we want to try and uh, optimize our sleep. So magnesium is going to be a very low-level supplement that we can use, um, anywhere between kind of around 1,000 milligrams is something that I advise. Um, we can look at some valerian root extract or, and, some, and or some reishi mushrooms, and which are also going to help push parasympathetic dominance, and which are very low-level supplements. I think you can get these all in... Um, in um in iherb i think it's called um and then we look at a couple other ones where we look at kind of some zinc and magnesium combos with some taurine in there i think it is and there's one called zmst by atp science which i use for a while um very good supplement i found that when you kind of link zinc and magnesium i think this is kind of a well-known um thought process is that you get kind of weird dreams sometimes <laughs> so do be wary of that but it is a fantastic supplement and they are a really 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 good brand all in all and um, the other one is going to be uh, the sleep stack from supplement needs i thought i used this for quite a while i thought it was okay i think that um for myself again this, it all depends on the person i think that for myself the wind down aspect of 
getting to sleep is the, the part that I, I struggle with a little bit. So not the sleep itself sometimes. I think that having the magnesium stuff that does help with that and keeping us in a deeper sleep for longer. But the wind down perspective of using ashwagandha and the Neuromax has been really, really helpful. The other one then as well um, is going to be called Fade Out by Redcon 1. And this is a really, really good supplement. And when we talk about melatonin being kind of the hormone for sleep, it has melatonin in it. So we need melatonin to be quite high to increase our sleep pressure, which is going to pretty much just be a pressure on us to start falling asleep. And when we feel really tired and we're watching TV and our eyes are flickering, that's because our sleep pressure is very high. That's usually because our melatonin is quite high in the body. So um, the, what's it called again, excuse me? Redcon 1 uh, Fade Out, sorry. Okay, it just came back to me there. So Fade Out by Redcon 1 has melatonin in it as well. And from what I've heard, it's a really, really good supplement for allowing us to feel easier falling asleep and just pushes a little bit more of that sleep pressure on us, um, which will allow us to fall into more natural sleep easier. So that's pretty much it uh, regarding all supplements. So I've taken you through the journey of kind of our morning health stacks. Um, we talked about um, our pre-workout stimulus and stimulants. We talked about an intra-workout, post-workout, nervous system cameras, and, and sleep supplements. So what I would like to say and to finish this um finish this podcast is that supplements are the cherry on top of an already fantastic cake and I think I used this analogy in a previous podcast. Make sure you have your body and lifestyle in a fantastic place before you use any of these. It's like saying that if you are ridiculously stressed, your diet is really, really poor, you do no exercise, you got no sunlight in the day, your overall health is in a really, really poor place and you just not in a great place. If you simply add a little bit of ashwagandha before you go to bed or magnesium, it's never going to help you sleep properly. So try look after, and this is something that I always talk about, look after the internal first. And once you do that, everything else starts to move in the right direction. So make sure that you do um, look into these uh, before you even experiment with, with any supplements. What I would like to say as well is that I've created a, uh, a handbook that is kind of free to you guys. So one of my free ebooks that is available, if you click the link in my bio on Instagram, you'll be able to get this alongside kind of sleep stress, recovery and digestion handbooks, equipment handbooks, um, and a couple other bits as well in there. I think it's uh, one's on nutrition and one's on training uh, program considerations. And please keep letting me know what you think of the podcast or if there's anything that you would like me to, to do on the podcast or have anyone on or any topics that you would like covered. And again, really appreciate everyone sharing it on their stories and, and dropping me some nice messages and stuff like this. Keep doing that. I really, really, really appreciate it. So we'll see you in the next one. Hope you enjoy this one and uh, thank you very much again.